Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Domestic Supply Chain Summit. And I'm very excited because we're going to get into an area of growing concern within our industry, and that is uh, the unfortunate cyber attacks that we've seen, cybersecurity attacks that we've seen in our industry, and the threats that are still out there today. And with us, of course, to discuss this is Antoine Banks, the Director of Enterprise Security for the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. Antoine, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to have your expertise here. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here and, and talk about my favorite subject. Well, let's jump right into it. Let's start kind of with an overview of of cybersecurity attacks in our industry and and what you've seen from the last uh, year in regards to you know how vulnerable we've gotten as a industry. Well, you know, it's starting to change now uh, with the uh, uh, with artificial intelligence. Uh, cyber criminals are you know always one step ahead, so they're starting to incorporate artificial intelligence into their attacks. They're uh, using it to make better phishing emails to uh, to make them harder to uh, identify. They're using voice uh, recognition or uh, uh, voice learning techniques to listen to a person's voice and actually make phone calls uh, and trick people to believe that they're talking to a superior or to a, uh, a leader and transferring money to places. Um, but the scary part is they're also doing it to the public. Uh, there are... Uh, the, the attacks against the elderly are, are increasing, uh, deep fakes, and they're actually using those techniques against people who are not really sophisticated uh, in technology and instead of people's life savings. So uh, it is starting to change now from some of the old traditional attacks to, to using artificial intelligence. Uh, and, you know, they're having a lot of success. So it's starting to increase because, you know, the the old business model, you know, you, you make money, you, uh, you increase that activity. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of uh, money flow through a lot of the supply chain participants, right? And I'd love if you could maybe describe how uh, individual groups are, are being attacked, whether it's like a shipper or a carrier uh, or even more on like the broker side. You know, I, I really hate to, to, to specify a group because uh, everybody is really being attacked. And what happens is most people only pay attention to their industry. So if you were to, were to ask the banking industry, they'll tell you they see an uptick uh, in attacks against the banking industry. If you were to ask the uh, education community, you know, they'll tell you the colleges and the uh, uh, school systems are being attacked because there's an uptick in almost every uh, spectrum. So uh, you have people that, that, you know, they're hacking for targeted opportunity. They're just scanning the network, looking for any vulnerability, vulnerabilities that they can take advantage of and that they can exploit. But then you also have state-sponsored uh, hackers who are, have a specific goal. Uh, they have a specific target, and they go after that target. And then you have, you know, hacktivists who are, um, you know, have a uh, axe to grind. And, you know, they want to punish someone for a religious belief or their viewpoint uh, or politics or things of that nature. And then, of course, you have the cybercrime that is so lucrative. It is a trillion-dollar-year industry. And with this, uh, you know, the success of a lot of these high high pay out ransomware attacks, they, they're going to increase. So, you know, everybody's hacking everybody. You know, you just pay attention to your own particular industry. Well, why do you think uh, people are becoming more vulnerable? Because you would assume that with the more technology being out there, the, uh, logins, passwords being shared, all that, that, that people would just assume that this is a growing concern. Why do you feel like 
uh, even our industry or just all those that you listed previously uh, seem to not be fearful, uh, even with more technology being available out there. Well, you know, most people don't really pay attention to cybersecurity or they don't take it serious until it happens to them. You know, it's almost like crime. People don't lock their cars until their car or their neighbor car uh, is broken into or they don't lock their doors until crime is in their neighborhood. So uh, until people think that uh, think that it's going to affect them, it, they really don't take it serious. Cybersecurity doesn't make uh, money. It's not a profit center. Uh, it actually costs money. But what it does do is saves you money on the end. Uh, if you don't have cybersecurity and you uh, maintain sensitive data and that data is exposed, you know, it can put your business uh, out of business. If you have customer data, PII, credit cards, things of that nature, you're going to be subject to a lawsuit. You're going to have to pay uh, compliance fines, things of that nature on the back end. So, you know, we tr- we try to teach the, the leaders, the board members, the CEOs that, you know, cybersecurity can save you from uh, brand damage. It can save you from uh, massive lawsuits, uh, uh, revenue loss, things of that nature, but it doesn't make you money up front. So, you know, you have to kind of uh, weigh the risks, you know, understand what your risk appetite is, uh, what you have at stake, uh, and, and make a decision based off of those factors. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because, especially the way you even phrase it there is probably lightly more positive, but you know, I work in, in more of the freight tech sector. I hear all the time, you know, ROI, right, of these investments. Like, where where am I going to see the return? But it, all, it almost feels like in this type of, of space in particular, the return that you have is is clearly security, but just knowing moving forward that you're, you're not going to be out there uh, vulnerable to these individuals. Why do you how do you work to kind of explain that to people, like the upfront cost and 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 what that could, I guess, trigger in individual businesses? It, it really depends on the audience. If I'm talking to executives, they understand risks. You know, they don't understand the, the geek speak and the tech technical ones and zeros, but they understand risks and they understand dollars uh, and cents. And so um, you have to walk them through uh, to make them understand their risk appetite. Uh, if I'm a mom and pop store, uh, I, I probably don't have the same risk appetite or the uh, things at risk as a large corporation. If I'm a large corporation and I don't have a secret sauce that I need to protect uh, and, I, and I'm not processing uh, credit cards, but you are processing uh, employee uh, personal data, uh, you understand how many records you're, you're, you're holding uh, and understand what that lawsuit will, will cost you if you were to get breached. So you have to make them understand the risk. Uh, what the cost will be if they were uh, attacked and, uh, and exposed. Uh, is cyber insurance um, something that could offset some of that risk or is it even this cyber insurance something you want to entertain? So you have to make them understand the risk and, and, and what it will cost you should they cost, cost their business, should it get attacked uh, and have a successful attack. Yeah, it's uh, and I'm sure from your experience that those who don't do that, but get attacked. I'm sure regret that right at the end of the day, either way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I really hate to say it, but the the, the the honest fact is when I was a practitioner, uh, practitioners always got the money they needed after an attack. Whenever a company get attacked, they spend all the money that you you, you want for a uh, uh, for a cyber team, for cyber tools. Uh, if a light company get attacked, then, you know, the question is, are we vulnerable? And we say yes. 
you get all the money. So uh, it's sad to say most people take cyber uh, security serious after an attack. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to talk about the work that you're doing at the NM- uh, NMFTA and and <clears throat> in particular, a lot of the research that you've done. I mean, I was I was on your site earlier today and there's uh, wonderful blogs and just overall resources for those out there. Why is it important for the organization to focus on this and and and, and put that extra work in for the industry as a whole? Well, you know, I'm, I'm ex-military. And so I, you know, I've been trained not to uh, sit back and be reactive, but to be proactive. Uh, and so uh, I'm a firm believer, believer that companies can be proactive and protect themselves. Uh, and if they are attacked, you know, they can be resilient uh, and bounce back. So we're doing research uh, to identify uh, vulnerabilities in the trucking uh, network, in the trucking uh, ecosystem, uh, in the trucking enterprise and back office. And then we want to publish best practices, mediation measures uh, to help companies protect themselves. Uh, if you go to our site, you'll see uh, white papers and best practices. If you came to our conference, uh, you heard uh, federal agencies speak about free resources available uh, to the trucking industry. So we want to help uh, the industry understand what resources they have available. We want to provide those resources. And then we're doing projects to, uh, to, to, to kind of fill in the gap, to identify those vulnerabilities before an attacker can find them and, and help, uh, you know, our community uh, protect those vulnerabilities and correct those vulnerabilities. So some of the things right now on the non-disclosure, we don't really want to go into detail. Um, but you come to our conference, uh, next year, uh, some of the things will be disclosed at, at, the, at that conference. Um, uh, but you know, we just want to be proactive and not and sit back and wait. Yeah. I mean, we saw some big players take some hits, uh, this past year and I learned, uh, directly from leadership at like Estes in particular, uh, just about the, the ways that uh, they, you know, not only have mitigated risk, but how they handle it throughout. And it was, uh, very great leadership. I love their transparency and I love that they're able to, of course, uh, be open about uh, how important this is for, you know, even it's their competitors at the end of the day, which I think, you know, uh, as connected as our industry is when it comes to technology, uh, it just uh, different integrations, even how we're connected to carriers. Uh, it, it's no pun intended, but it's the supply chain, right, is, is a huge link that uh, connects all of us. And I think people don't understand is all it takes is is one network to get hacked to quickly get into another one and i guess uh, that being said i'm I'm interested in maybe some simple steps that those watching today can start to really take uh these cybersecurity threats seriously and in ways that they should be considering protecting their business that maybe is not as clear or as obvious to those uh out there yeah you know i I, I thought about one of the comments that was made at, at, at our conference, and uh, the comment was, you know, fish, fishing. We keep hearing about fishing. But fishing is the number one way hackers get in. 90% to 95% of, of successful attacks take place through fishing. And so I always tell people, take care of the low-hanging fruit first. Train your employees because your employees are the weakest link. A company can spend tens of millions of dollars on the latest and greatest uh, tools, but if the company, if uh, an employee leave the door open or uh, click on the email and just let the uh, cyber criminal in, then you know uh, all that all that investment is for nothing. So start off by training your employees, uh, do simulated 
uh, fishing exercises, uh, complicated uh, fishing exercises to make sure that employees are not falling for the um, postal uh, email uh, trick. Um, then make sure your systems are patched because once you click on that email, uh, that malware needs a vulnerability in your system. So you need to have a very aggressive vulnerability management program. Uh, we actually don't have a webinar talking about vulnerability management. So you have to keep your system patched and up, and up to date. Uh, and then you need to have a program in place to make sure that you understand uh, what your risks are, understand what your threat vectors are, uh, and put uh, mitigation measures in place. Uh, I highly recommend all companies do a pen test or a vulnerability assessment test. You bring in uh, external hackers to come in, test your network, test your employees, test your systems, and they will give you a detailed plan of all your weaknesses. They will actually find them uh, in most cases before the hackers do and allow you to, to patch those systems up and fix them. So train your employees, patch your systems, do a vulnerability assessment or a pen test. Uh, and then the last thing is to do tabletops and have a uh, incident response plan. Now, this incident response plan will prepare you so when you do have an incident, everybody will be on the same sheet of music uh, on how to recover and be resilient to that, that to that incident. A tabletop will walk you through an incident. And I like to be very, very mean and, and devious when I do my tabletop. I like to have malware hit a company right before payday, right before it's time to pay their, their vendors to, to, to make sure there's a sense of urgency. Uh, so have that tabletop, walk through, like in scenarios, make sure that your backups are are tested, uh, immutable, meaning that they can't be erased. Because cyber criminals like to uh, affect your, your backups before they hit your regular systems. So when you do backup, your backups are infected. Um, so I say it a lot. Uh, so I go over one last time. Train your employees, patch your systems, uh, have tabletops, visit every response plan, uh, and then just understand and have a vulnerability assessment or pin test. Yeah, all of those I think are huge, especially one in particular came to mind as you brought up the training of employees. So I was just thinking about, I think MGM, right, when they got uh, hacked earlier this year. If I remember correctly, they got in through a phone call with a customer service rep. And so it's, it, that ended up taking the casino down. And, uh, it's, and I think right there is a perfect example that, you know, it's it, even down to key cards and who's accessing your building and, and who can uh, uh, get into some of those areas where servers might be. And, and the, there's so many different areas to hit, but those that you just touched on are really great areas for people to start. And I think just the very basic uh, of what this can go into. Uh, I want to thank you, Antoine, and of course the organization for taking leadership in this space because uh, if anyone is, uh, of course, guiding and, and we're listening to, it's going to be you, you all. And uh, it's just really great to see that this industry, I think, is really starting to consider not only, of course, where technology can improve our operations, but where that might make us vulnerable too. So, thank you for all the work that you've done. Hey, thanks for having you for having me. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. Uh, you know, stay tuned to, to to our websites, come to the conference, uh, attend our webinars. We want to be proactive uh, in protecting our supply system because if you bought it, it came on a truck, uh, and uh, we need to protect our industry. I, I, I love it. Thank you so much, Antoine. And for our audience, enjoy the rest of the show today.